grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation today. The words that we spoke earlier in our service, Psalm 46, especially these words. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we live in a world that oftentimes delivers not what it promises, but pain and suffering, war and bloodshed, chaos and turmoil, and even death. This is the world we live in. We can deny it, we can pretend that it's not real, or we can turn to the place where God would have us turn. And that's to Him. In Psalm 46, a, a psalm of thanksgiving, a psalm of peace, it's really a psalm depicting warfare. And what do you do when you are being attacked on all sides? Now, things are quite peaceful in Lincoln, Nebraska today. Bullets or arrows are not flying at us. But don't be deceived. Christians are always under attack. The devil, the world around us, and even our own sinful flesh wage war against us. So, what are we to do? Where are we to turn? God's word for today, Psalm 46, teaches us where to go and where to turn. God is our refuge and our strength. He is our protector. God protects us in the day of trouble. He shields us. He guards us. He is a very present help in time of trouble. We all know what it's like when we need help, and we need help now. But help is far away. We know what it's like when, when we need what we need right now. And yet, help, while it may be promised or even on the way, until it gets there, we're left on our own. When God promises to be our refuge and strength, it isn't some pie-in-the-sky-when-I-die kind of promise. Our God is a very real present, right here and right now. How can that be? God is present. Wherever His Word is proclaimed in its truth and purity, God is present wherever His gifts are administered according to His command and promise. And all of this is possible only because God is present with His people. 
My friends, the great mystery that we celebrate at Christmas, the incarnation of our Lord, is the fulfillment of all these promises that God is with us. When the second person of the Trinity, King of kings and Lord of lords, took on flesh and blood and made his dwelling among us. Jesus, that's what Psalm 46 is about. He is our refuge and our strength. He is our very present help in time of danger. And so, the result of that, the natural result of that, therefore, we will not fear. Fear is very real. Fear has kind of sharpened to a new height, not only in our land, but in our world over the last couple of years. People are afraid. They're afraid to get sick. They're afraid to die. They're afraid of politicians. They're afraid of economic policies. They're afraid of inflation. Now they're afraid of food shortages. And again, the list can go on and on. Where do we go? What do we do? God says, remember, I, the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I am your refuge and strength. I am with you, a very present help in time of danger. Don't fear. Fear not. One of the major themes throughout the Bible is that little phrase, fear not. Whenever something really big is about to happen, God sends a messenger, sometimes an angel, but God sends a messenger. And the very first words out of the messenger's mouth are always the same. Fear not. Fear not. My friends, God's word for you today is as simple as that. Fear not. God is God. Fear not. God is in control. Fear not. God is our refuge and our strength. Fear not. God's promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you and that he is with you always is real for you today. Psalm 46 does not sugarcoat the real situations that we have in our world. Nations rage. Kingdoms totter. We see this everywhere. God utters his voice. The earth melts. My friends, the God who created this world, the God who sustains this world, the God who sends his son into this world to redeem this world, this God says, I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. In fact, he gets even more specific. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. A mighty fortress is our God. That great Reformation hymn based on Psalm 46. Luther had it right. God not only is our shield and our protector, but God fights for us. He doesn't fight with bullets. He doesn't fight with airplanes. He doesn't fight with the kind of weapons we think of. He fights with his flesh and blood. He places himself under the law, which condemns all of us. And Jesus fulfills it. He takes the sin of the world, all sin for all people for all time, into himself. Not because he was a sinner, but because we are sinners. All the way to Calvary's cross, bleeding and dying the death we deserve. Jesus hangs on Calvary's cross, naked, ashamed, bearing our sin, wearing a crown of thorns. To the world, this looks like utter defeat, but we know better. Because in his bloody death, he is glorified for the whole world. God vindicates Jesus and all who cling to Jesus by rising him from the dead three days later. We're still basking in the glow of our Easter celebration here as we gather. Because Jesus lives. All who cling to Jesus live. Because Jesus lives. Victor lives. This world, this world is full of pain and heartache, chaos and turmoil, life and death. Verse 10 of Psalm 46 teaches us, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That, that Hebrew word for be still, softened in our English translations, literally means shut up. We are so busy talking that we don't have time to listen. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and listen to my promises. Be still and know that I am your refuge and your strength. I am victorious over sin, death, and the grave. Be still. Be at peace. My friends, today we come into God's house and we say goodbye and we mourn for our dad, our husband, our friend, Victor, an amazing guy, a brilliant mind, a man whose handshake 
could make your fingers turn black if he held on too long. And one of my favorite features, his big mustache. Known Victor for a long time. At first it was at a distance. And then over the months and over the years, that connection and that relationship got closer and closer. We would sit and visit at our church fellowship meals. I was always astounded by what topic would be on his mind at any given day or any particular time. I remember being called to the house one day because big mountain of a man, Victor, was grieving the loss of a dog. Soft heart, a kind soul, was about 10 years ago when I got the call from Doretta who said, Pastor, I want you to come and talk to Victor. And I said, well, does Victor want to talk to me? <laughs> yes, we've been working on him. He's ready. <laughs> you see, Victor was preparing for surgery. And as we know, there is really no such thing as routine surgery. This was heart surgery, open heart surgery. It's pretty serious stuff. And so, I came not knowing what to expect, but to have a serious conversation with Victor. And so, Doretta met me at the door. Lori and Doretta ushered me in for my visit with Victor, and then they skedaddled. Three and a half hours. I was there with Victor that day. Three and a half hours answering every question that he had about God's Word, about church in general, about the sacraments, about Jesus. Serious stuff. I wasn't sure exactly what my relationship was with Victor before that day, aside from passing acquaintance. But at the end of that conversation, Victor looked at me and said, I want you to be my pastor. I said, Victor, are you sure? I'm sure. 
We went and found Doretta and Lori. They really weren't all that far away. And I'm not sure if they were eavesdropping or just trusting that God's word would do its work. That day, as we were anticipating surgery, I read Psalm 46. I said, Victor, don't fear. Be still. Know that God is God. And with a big smile on his face, he heard the word. He believed the word. He ate Christ's body and blood. And we prayed. I was there, I don't remember if it was the next day or two days later, with Victor before he went in for his surgery. We prayed again. And his grip was strong and sure. His smile, his confidence, beaming and sky high. Surgery went well, but there were complications. Victor was never quite the same after that day. But my friends, while some of his physical and mental capacities were diminished, he was 100% a child of God. He hungered for the word of God. He hungered for Christ's body and blood. And oftentimes, he would wear that Michigan sweatshirt just because he knew it would get under my skin as a Husker fan when he boldly came parading into church. We had many conversations after that day, many times when Lori was singing and practicing for the choir. And Victor was out in the narthex waiting. These last few years, it was much harder to come to church. So we brought church to Lori and Victor. One of the great privileges that a pastor has. As the lights of heaven are getting brighter and brighter for our shut-in members to be able to remind them, not about the weather, not about politics, not about sports, but the things that are really important in life. Forgiveness, life, and salvation freely given by the one true God. This last Saturday, I had the privilege of being with first the hospice nurse too, but Lori and Victor. I asked Victor if he wanted to have the Lord's Supper, and he said, yes, 
Just like that. Just like that. It was a struggle. It was a struggle for him to even swallow a piece of a tiny wafer. But he did. I got my arm underneath of his head and lifted him up. So he could drink Christ's blood. He heard once again the promises of God. And while that grip wasn't quite as strong as I held his hand and Lori's, and Lori held Victor as well, we prayed that God would keep his soul safe and take him into his nail-scarred hands. Last Monday, I got to the house about 4 o'clock. We knew time was tight. While I was sharing words of comfort and peace and hope and heaven, Victor breathed his last. The angels came. Our prayers, our prayers for peace were answered. Lori looked at me and I looked at her and I said, okay if I sing? And she said, of course. This is what I sang. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abraham's bosom bear me home that I may die unfearing and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing and then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see O Son of God thy glorious face my Savior and my font of grace Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise Thee without end. About halfway through, Lori joined me. She didn't even realize she did it. Then we prayed. O God the Father, fountain and source of all blessings, we give you thanks that you have kept our brother Victor in the faith and have now taken him to yourself. Comfort us with your holy word and give us strength that when our last hour comes, we may peacefully fall asleep in you through Jesus Christ our Lord.
My friends, we can't predict what will happen in this world. Pain and suffering, probably. War and bloodshed, most likely. Chaos and uncertainty, more often than not. Don't be deceived. God's word for you today, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, and our fears in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please stand for prayer.